The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. The Cubs are very much interested in trading for a closer. Yeah, they've had conversations with Cleveland about Emmanuel Classe. Well, I don't know who you're talking about because Dustin Rhodes talked about the guy who's led baseball in saves like this. Reports that the Cubs are interested in trading for the Guardians closer, Emmanuel Classy. <laughs> that dude is so classy. You see, the thing about classy is it's a state of mind. Guys strolling out there in a tux, just ready to <laughs> mow him down. Our guy, Emmanuel Classy. What you got a bow tie on for, man? That's good, but it's not classy. I, I need something classy, like the opening of a car dealership. That's it. I'm picturing Mr. Peanut right now. Like, he's strolling out from the bullpen with the big top hat going and he's, like, you know, flipping the cane. Mr. Peanut is not classy. He's a regular peanut. He just happens to have a cane, a monocle, and a top hat. That's what makes him classy. I disagree. I've seen far less classy peanuts than that guy. You do a lot worse than Mr. Peanut, my friend. Emmanuel Classy. (laughs) He got my cat out of a tree last last month. Uh, Emmanuel Classy? Yeah, it was a very classy thing. Classy move. Uh, I don't know. Is it classy enough? Jim, enough with the classy, okay? Comped my dinner uh, at uh, Boulevard Steakhouse the other night. He wow. just saw me from across the room. Emmanuel Classy. Classy move. No bat flipping, no fist bumping. He just tips his cap. <laughs> That's to right. The other team. <laughs> Shakes the hand of the man who hit the home run off of it. A fine job by you, sir. Very classy, Emmanuel. For you, I extend congratulations. Is there a nicer guy on the field? in any game than classic. He shakes the hand of the umpire, the opposing team. Fans are standing at Wrigley. Emmanuel Classé is on the mound. Classé. French. Classy? One, one, two, three. Here we go, Jim. Here we go. Here we go, Jim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. So we will talk about this, and I don't know if Shane and Tanny will acknowledge that they are White Sox fans for the conversation. Who? Thought exercise, yes, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's confusing. Ten sixty West Addison, baby. Okay, I didn't know. I just, I just, I wasn't sure who we were dealing with. I kind of want to take like a census, you know, of the room before we have a conversation. I should have my pit spitters hat here just in case okay. the conversation goes sideways. It, here. All right, it, excellent. It's a good point because every time the White Sox have come up for the last two and a half years, it has been incredibly insulting to their fans to the point that our guys simply pretend they are not White Sox fans anymore. Yeah, they're taking breaks. They're openly flirting with the Cubs. They're they're hanging no, out no, with no, no, independent no, league they. ball clubs. Not they. Oh, <laughs> don't oh say it. Go ahead and say it, Christopher. <laughs> what? Yeah, I say I'm, it. Got nothing to hide. Tanny's a Traverse City pit yeah. spitter fan. Yeah. Couldn't be me. Couldn't root for another team. Just the way it is. No, I, of course. The White Sox never put me on their carpet. They'd never let me talk to Pete Crow Armstrong in his corduroy suit. No, I, I, that we, never happened. We know I'm a giant Cubs fan. <laughs> always have been. Always have been. Always will be. By but, the way. but Shane, this is a moment when this when this stadium story breaks last night, and you start thinking about the possibilities of them having their own version of Pittsburgh's PNC Park. Right. Where they have both been, Shane and Tanny both been. And they love it because it's beautiful and it's incredible. The idea of the White Sox somehow coming up with the financing, and just put that aside for a moment. Just imagine the ballpark 
their own version of Camden Yards meets PNC with the train tracks going by and being used as a as a cool ass retro feature and home runs going into the Chicago River. Home runs, you said? Yes. The, when they might hit them. See, and this is not about the quality of your crap ass roster right now. It's about years and decades of a future with a healthy ballpark and a beautiful spot that's still on the south side with uh, whatever you can fit in there of a ballpark village the way that Atlanta has done it now and the Cardinals have done it the way that the Red Sox and the Cubs dream of right they all want to own the area around their park and monetize that and look what that does for payroll possibilities imagine being able to actually have a a stadium and a franchise you are proud of even if it just means you're raising the value of it so it can be sold to the next people who will run it better you know it's possible and that story really put a lot of nice imagery readily at hand yeah good job by the sun times uh reporting it good job by some crafty reddit users for like read for finding and scooping out the the renderings it looks really cool. Like, the idea of it seems amazing. It almost seems, because of what's been going on with this franchise, what we know about the ownership, what we know about the money that has been around it, it almost seems too good to be true. Like, the South Lot, is, or the, the South Lot, uh, the South Loop is this unbelievable neighborhood where you live i don't have to tell you right but, but it's then, where but, they should have had a stadium 30 years ago and when i was a kid it, like wasn't a thing no you know what i mean so this this idea that like and the, the hope was that these the stadium could then birth the neighborhood but this would be like the neighborhood birthing the stadium it's a late join for mm-hmm. what should have been a ballpark instigated growth correct and so it's, it's a little backwards to what like the original plan and hope yeah maybe was what it was for um, the 78, right? It, it's 62 acres. So it's not, so it's just by comparison, like what the bears built or are built, uh, bought yeah. out at Arlington Park. That's 320 something acres. Yeah, no, this is a, so, is pales in comparison, but you don't need nearly as much as the bears do. Well, it's it just, but I, I just think it's also worth thinking about, like it is tight. It, to, to, if you're going to actually try to pull off parking and stadium because mm-hmm. they it'd be a huge adjustment for white Sox fans to go to a wrigley situation it's not that tight no, no. It, it, it's not that tight when you consider this if you want to add a bunch of parking to it and shops no, and no, all that but but that's the thing you don't have to add a bunch of parking you don't because you're so close to public transit you're on the river there can be a water taxi three blocks away from where this stadium might be at clark and roosevelt is the red line orange line and green line right there what i'm saying is it would be a big adjustment for the fan base that has driven to games and tailgated because there's been unlimited parking you're right to go to a neighborhood stadium where there would presumably be be very little to no parking. one of the great True, things but that's a fan base that bitches about how expensive the parking is well so like you offer to them which one do you want do you want 30 dollars parking to barely tailgate in one lot or do you want to be still in the city and take the metra or from the burbs take the green or orange line 
and then be here. And, there's, what, and there's a great couple of bars here that we have. Oh my in the, god, in the so many hotels right well, on that, Michigan that's Avenue. The, that's what. That's no what, brainer. I, I I agree with you. I'm just saying one of the cool things that I like about Sox Park is that there is the ability to tailgate. I totally agree. Like, and, and so and, that is something that is part yeah, of Sox you. fan culture that would be eliminated. But you're right; it would be replaced by cheaper to get there, uh, safer, less drunk driving. And your pregame scene would be at establishments. It's still if a you want to gather. it's still a city spot, and some people who have been afraid to come to the city and and would be afraid without parking would still probably feel afraid. But it is a thriving, active, much safer city spot. And the point about the parking is absolutely true. Like you will lose the tailgate experience for the most part. Maybe there'll still be one lot where you could tailgate, and you have to reserve it or something like that. Well, kind of like the Bears. Like, exactly. Like, like, like the Bears have a tailgate scene. Correct. It just pales in comparison to a lot of NFL cities because it's so small compared to Lambo or right. Arrowhead or Cleveland but or Foxborough. It, it still does exist, it and exists. I bet they would find a way to make it exist. But yeah. but think of what you're getting. You're getting a healthy franchise with yeah. a thriving. I mean, well, a, a thriving commerce. You know, you you are look. It, if, if you you don't know if it's going to be healthy on the baseball side, and, unless they hire the right baseball people. But this this is about leaving a legacy. For Jerry Reinsdorf. That's the part that I can't stop thinking about because I'm told by people who are close to him that he's interested in that as well. Well, the reporting suggested serious talks. This is not like some of the Bears stuff that has been floated, one of which that we reported, where it was just like, eh, yeah, we're taking a meeting in Waukegan. Mm-hmm. Hey, have you heard about the corridor? Sure. Where there's top golf? You know, like, that all comes across as exploratory, leverage. We just want this out there to put some pressure on Arlington Heights. This, when it gets reported as they're in serious talks, it's like this is something that they're actually trying to make happen. This is something that they're trying to make happen. There's a mayor who may be motivated by trying to keep a team since he's about to lose another team, we're all pretty damn sure, to Arlington Heights. And we'll see what happens with the public funding because that's not going to go over well, obviously. If but, at all. If at all. But Jerry Reinsdorf has been good in the past at recruiting partners when he needs them. And as soon as there's a plan afoot, to do this and make this stadium and make this ballpark village, the value of the franchise is going to jump like crazy. When it's done, if it is done, I'm told that the value of the franchise could jump by more than a billion dollars, $1.5 billion. If you're a prospective owner or a partner on the front end and maybe a prospective part owner on the back end, you are heavily motivated to help with the financing. Jerry doesn't have this money, no, but he will go find partners. And imagine him being able to leave this team in a healthy place on the south side where he actually does want the team to be. He's had his dalliances and done all the you know, all the politicizing and all the negotiating and all of the the ugly um, you know, the, the ugly nature of uh, of holding a, a city hostage while he did what he did in the late 80s. And I know that he's talked to Nashville and, and, and maybe trying to do some of that again. But in the end, he wants this team to be here. And this would be a way to do it. I hope it happens. Our speaks, but very important on that. The lease is not up until 2029 mm-hmm. with the city. And Jerry is not paying a dime. Not paying a single dime 
for the ownership because he doesn't own a stadium. Right. He works with the Illinois facilities. 2029. And then also, if he's sub 2 million people that are seeing the team in that year, doesn't have to pay. Doesn't pay a tax. Oh, yeah. No, it's a ridiculous sweetheart deal. He's going to doesn't get. Doesn't pay a tax. He's going to get whatever speaks. he can. When's the last time a Cub fan came to you and said, man, one of the 40,000, by the way, that go to every single game. When's the last time a Cub fan said, man, I'm not going because I can't tailgate? Yeah. No, Ever? No, 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 no. Definitely not. I, right. I, I, I'm just they would adjust. They would adjust. I, exactly. So, so, so White Sox fans complain all the time about having to go to Bridgeport, and then you got two bars you can go to between Turtles and Cork on, on 35th. Mm-hmm. Like, shut up. I, Take I, the neighborhood that Tom Ricketts and the Cubs built in Wrigley. And, and, and set the White Sox up for success for the next 20 years as opposed to just complaining about what the Cubs get right now and what the White Sox don't. I, when I read the story, it read as a too-good-to-be-true situation. It is a no-brainer if you can make it work. There are a million reasons why it might not work. Mm-hmm. Mostly, you like put the money aside for a second, but... I know you can't. You can't. I know. You, you can't. But that doesn't mean it can't be pulled off. Like, you're right. You can take on debt. Normally, public funding happens. I don't see any way where something like this wouldn't have to, like, require a ton of public funding. And then you're going to be asking a lot of people who are not White Sox fans to vote on something and approve public funding for a team that draws in the mid-20,000s in terms mm-hmm. of attendance that a lot of people in the – tax base that are voting for it yeah. are not actually fans of you would need to sell them on there will be concerts it'll be good for the city it'll be good for the tax base it'll be right. good. and it's that's going to be really hard to do when that referendum my guess is would start with a b like that you know my guess is it'd be a if they're actually talking about restaurants hotels the land purchase uh-huh. the development the stadium a parking infrastructure i think that referendum to ask for public funding that starts with a b in terms of billion will be a failure <laughs> I, I, I think i think that will be a failure what i'm talking about and what my column on 670thescore.com t- was today is an appeal to to jerry reinsdorf to use his incredible powers that he has used for decades to get this done without having to ask for something impossible from the public dig deep deeper into your pockets than you've ever dug ask every crony you have gather people find investors work with the new owners as you and i were talking about you know find a way that you leave this as your legacy and it's going to take a while it may not be completed until new ownership is in charge, but they could sign off on the blueprints and the plan. They could pay you in advance and pay the family in advance for what the team and the the ballpark is going to be. You can work out those kind of things. They can help you with your debt allocation and make this happen. It's Jerry's opportunity to facilitate this and leave a legacy Imagine being able to leave that legacy. The guy who left the team better than it was, left the South Side better than it was, and I think that matters to him. Could this have all been avoided if Jerry Reinsdorf just got Jerry Krause to the Ring uh, Ring of Honor the other night? I said we were going to go 15 minutes of positivity. We're about there. We're Could about have there. been avoided. We're about there. Do, what would this do for you, Tanny? 
I mean, this the is pit spitters. This fan. this is huge. <laughs> I mean, look, but take you off the pit spitters? <laughs> well, no, I could never. Yeah, stop how many it. games did the pit spitters get to play at that new stadium? <laughs> well, yeah, I still wouldn't make my trips up to Northern Michigan, but you know, this this would be huge. This is a game changer, I think, because look, like I came of age when the when the current ballpark was first built. Like that's when I first fell in love with baseball, and I remember, you know, that was the place to be because. You know, a lot of folks don't remember the days of Wrigley in the 80s and some parts of the 90s. It wasn't always the scene it is now. And this was before the United Center was built. So there was a short window there where the Sox were, they were really going. They had a good team, you know, winning a, a division. They had Frank Thomas back-to-back MVPs. And it was the place to go because it was new and it was fun. And you had a lot of fringe people that maybe weren't necessarily Cubs or Sox fans, but they wanted to see what the spectacle mm-hmm. was about. And I think that's what's key about this. When you put... A ballpark like this, which it's going to be aesthetically pleasing, like PNC, hopefully, you get a lot of these fringe people that are, you know, who knows if people even be working downtown when this thing's built, but people that live city center who say, you know what, let's walk to a ball game tonight. Ugh. Like people who don't really care either way about the Cubs or Sox, but like, you know what, this is a this is a vibe, this is a scene, let's go. And then maybe they do fall in love with baseball. Maybe they do become Sox fans, and then all of a sudden that little that piece of the pie that's so small for the White Sox right now can maybe get bigger. grows a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Fall in love with the White Sox? It, it could happen. With, with, I did with that whom, one time, With Who's if, playing shortstop? I don't know if we'd be talking about this. If it's, the team was good, this would be like, oh, a little uh, footnote. It's but because no, let's it, acknowledge though this organization okay. needs a hard reboot, and I think this is one of yeah, those things true. that could this is also one like of the ways you do. But it's so yeah. much bigger than who's playing for them right now. It has literally nothing to do with the quality of the roster. Right, but no, but I, do you I, trust like, Jerry to get it done? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't, but also, like people saying, make it like PNC. They don't spend money on their talent. No, uh, they don't. Uh, you know what I mean? So a, a great ballpark in a great location. I mean, Coors Field, but beautiful. Easy to walk to, right downtown. It wasn't that easy to walk to, Tanny, was it? What? A lot of bridges <laughs> oh, for, I, from, from I our it. Airbnb. I that love, was a 45-minute walk. I love the Clemente you Bridge. I love all of it. The Mazeroski Bridge. 45-minute yeah. walk away. Early, no, but, early in the Coors Field life cycle, early in the Camden Yards life cycle, early in the in in the in the PNC life cycle, those teams were good. Like, like And Cleveland, remember Jacobs Field shows up just at the time that Cleveland has put together this unbelievable core in the 90s. Hell, even the Cubs with the Wrigley revamp and Fenway with their revamp. You try to time it out, ideally with smart baseball people and and some spending, enough spending. But yeah, the next owner could look at this opportunity in this ballpark as a reason not to spend entirely possible that that takes place and those i would i'd love to be having those conversations when will they make the most of this jewel of a ballpark as opposed to can they spend even though the ballpark is uh, not the greatest as of right now well and you could see it from your balcony so that'd be nice yeah man that'd be, selfishly that would that'd be pretty great for yeah, you all man. those homers you can see speeds <laughs> those fireworks from all the and homers Danny, from paul de young i know you're not a baseball nerd but like going to pnc as often as i have you do run into it's a very small portion of people but people do find it to be a destination people that are not a fan of whatever team's playing there that night people that are passing through the country like you know what i've always wanted to see this place and i can't believe i put it off i've been trying to get us to do a road trip show there for cubs pirates like on a friday or something like that Let's do like, it. bring listeners there but like it is a destination among ballparks in baseball and same again, with that, target field same with target field downtown right. jewel like oh i'm gonna be in minnesota i gotta go over here it's, i heard it's exactly. awesome and it is a small portion of people but having a ballpark that is a jewel like that that does carry you and, and i'm sure there would be at least a year of of 
consecutive sellouts because people all want to go, especially if you make it a little smaller than what it is now capacity-wise. I think this could, you know, put you in the next financial level for a couple years, like, with Mm -hmm. a new ballpark. Listen, it's the best skyline in the world. You put it in the midst of it. You put it up against the river. You make it smaller. You only do two decks, like, two, two levels to make it feel old school. You do cool architectural stuff. You blend it into the city. I... Some people are making fun of me for saying it's a, it's a, what did I say? It's a, that's th- th- not what they're making. There fun are of you a million for. reasons it may not work, but it's a no brainer. I think I said, my point is like, it's a no brainer to want it. Oh my God. Of course. Wh- whether or not it can get done. There's a million reasons why it might not work. But in, in terms of rooting for it, this pie in the sky thing that they're producing here yeah. in the newspaper, it should be something that all Sox fans want. I think Jerry has shown an incredible power to get things done that he wants to get done. And he's held the state and the city and the fans hostage and all of that. I wonder if he understands just how much he's freaking hated, just how much that entire organization is hated right now, and the opportunity he has to use his powers for something like this. I mean, if, if they're in serious talks, like as it, this is something that Jerry wants. You know, something that he wants. And like you said, it probably helps him get more money oh my for, God. For, his, for his estate in the sale. Jerry's also said he wants to win another World Series, and he hasn't done what he needs to do to win that World Series. So what he are we thought talking he was. about here? He thought he was. Right, then he's an idiot. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf is an idiot. Eddie Stanky, okay? Eddie Stanky and David Eckstein. He's not a good baseball thinker, Shane. Like, but I, he did think he was going to win a World Series. He, he, he brought in Tony La Russa and thought he was going to put the rub. Uh, he's going to put the rub onto the team and turn him into magic. This is all kind of hitting me right now. And I know it's 523. We, sh- we probably should break. But I could realistically do an hour about how many mistakes that dumbass has made. I, it's, I, it, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. It's it. No one's denying that, man. No. There isn't a single thing that Jerry Reins that, that's been put on Jerry Reinsdorf's desk that that you can say, oh yeah, no, he made the right call on but that. The idea behind this is you have a different ownership that you can make this uh, something that's pleasing to new ownership to Correct. be a part of. Yeah, sure. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct. Yeah. And and, and it, it'll be good for the pocketbooks and the legacy. But, but if you can get that's this why it does pocketbook? seem to be good to be true. It is a win for everyone, practically outside the taxpayers, but as far as ownership, you know, and all across the board, it is a win for fans, ownership on both sides, selling mm-hmm. and buying. You like, know? Do you think Jerry cares about his own pocketbook? Like Michael has the bulls. <laughs> Yes, I do think so. Jerry is what eighty seven? No, no, no. But he's got his a, he's got he's got a lot of kids and family yeah, and investors. No, he, he has as much money as his kids, grandkids, and great can, great great grandkids could ever use. Rich people want more. Okay. Texter says right. quick, Danny, quell Shane before you drop five more spots on Chris <laughs> list. That's okay, that, that that texter can jump in the river. <laughs> and, and when you and have catch a home run ball. and catch a home run when ball, you have generational wealth. What do you care about after that? Is legacy. Yeah. Right? Like, what do people think about all of us after we're all gone or moved or whatever? And, you know? yeah, they forget and about that's, us. That's the thing. Yeah, they will. <laughs> They'll forget about us. Mm-hmm. But this would be a legacy. This would be and, a legacy for a guy who has shown that he genuinely does care about investing in the South Side, investing in minorities and minority hires. A, a million problems uh, where the loyalty has been way too much and the mediocrity and the acceptance of it has been absolutely gross. But he does care. Yeah. You think it's going to happen? I don't know. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's the cynicism. Didn't take as long as we thought. Uh, we can get a little bit more fallout and reaction to this. And then I saw something that I just, 
I'm curious if you think that we're getting a little soft in sports. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. This is Joe Pantoliano, Joey Pats, and I am here at the request of MOB. Keep up the good work. Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons on the score. All right, welcome back in. It is Parkins and Spiegel on the score. The one, like, fantastical thought that I had about, like, how this could work for the for the stadium yeah. before we get to the softness and sports thing. <clears throat> uh, the whole notion about how it's been reported is that when uh, Jerry wants to own the White Sox until he dies, after he dies, there is apparently, like, a, a plan for them to sell because Michael will own the Bulls. Uh, but the the investors will get their money and they'll sell to somebody. And in fact, the Suns have been going around and gobbling up minority shares as much as possible so they can have as much control of the White Sox for that moment to be able to sell. Is it possible that this idea... All right, I'm selling it to what you would call the rich hobbyist. Yeah. And I'll do it when I'm alive, but it's like a contingent sale. 100%. 100%. It's, okay, you get a say in how the ballpark looks, the architecture firm, the location. Here are my and, blueprints so far. Here are my plans. Do you like them? Let's make some changes. Let's agree on it together. But in the agreement on the, the contingent sale, it's got to be you have to keep the White Sox on the south side of Chicago within eight miles of where the current stadium is for a period of 50 years. You know what I mean? Like you, you write your conditions into it to be seen legacy wise Mm -hmm. as the guy who they didn't go to Tampa. They didn't go to Nashville. They weren't the expansion. You know, they didn't get relocated. And so that's part of his legacy. And then the new guy who's cash rich chips in on all of the stuff that is going to be expensive about building in the South Loop. Absolutely. And I, the I, new think, guy- I think that is an interesting way to think about getting around some of the public funding, but even the richest of the rich still use public funding. Uh, yeah. Like Jerry Jones had public funding. I, you, I know, you, you know what it, I mean? But instead of asking for a billion five or a billion two, you find that rich hobbyist and they find a way to ask for Four hundred million, or something that is more palatable and has a chance to get past, and you have found that new prospective partner to work with. Yeah, as you and I were kicking this around before the show, and I was thinking about how they might be able to do it. You happened, or you pounced on this very idea, and I think you're on it. And, and, and because so, as Jerry is recruiting prospective partners, he's also recruiting prospective next owner. Yeah, I think. My guess is, and I, I not no expert on this other than I just read about this stuff a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Like, it would feel like something like that would almost need to be a prerequisite of the deal to just. And for Brandon Johnson, like you mentioned, if he's losing the Bears, he keeps them here. Mayor got a it's a, it's a legacy type thing. Yeah, got to put your name on for something. sure. And one one thing about Reinsdorf and his ability to get financing, it's like I, I he had a partner. In 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 Wurtz, but they financed the United Center themselves. You know, it, it, they they did not have public funding to finance the United Center. 
So it's just it's a smaller building. I'm not sure what how the footprint you know correlates to what is at the 78, but it's not like his powers of being able to get partners and get some financing are just nil. Well, that, no, and some of the minority owners of the White Sox are like the richest people in the world. Right. They're, 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 yeah. So he, I mean, obviously he knows very, very, very wealthy people who, if they believe in the idea can, can help throw some money. Can at the acquire pro- yeah. the financing. Yeah. yeah of they course. can all get R- loans R- together. Rich people know rich people. They find a way to do it. You yeah. know, I mean, remember the, the Ricketts were desperate to try and get public funding for the Wrigley renovations and it didn't happen. And then he said, okay, well, screw it. Then I'll just do it. Yeah. I'll just do it, and I'll find ways to do it, and then I get to own it all, and you won't be my partner in all of this. Yeah. I just mean for why it's – I mean, the United Center, it, it's different, right? It's more, more expensive land, way more land, and you're trying to do shops, casino, parking. Not, sure. not casino necessarily. It's not big enough Not, not but, casino, but, but yeah, but, you know, ho- you're ho- trying to do a village. But like a dice game on the sidewalk. Hell yeah. Sure. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah dude. You got to have the, some sort of gaming revenue. On the red line headed over there. Floating crap game, baby. Love that. Huh? I like that you're idea. You're already right there. You got some I, stuff that can I float. I got 20 bucks in my pocket. Yeah, I'll play dice on the red line. <laughs> Tell me I can't, cops. A giant stage with like the game with the little pieces of cereal and the bottle caps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, that guy sucks. I, he got that, Danny. He I've got Danny on the way about, down. Yeah, the I remember. Ri- the Wrigley Field shimmy. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Guy got yeah. me out of 80 bucks. Had to go to a Cubs game standing room only. <laughs> <laughs> spent, spent, my, spent, yep. my, spent my ticket money on the Wrigley Field shimmy. Hey, man. I've seen plenty of other suburbanites get tricked by that yeah, game. That was, that was a tough day. <laughs> that, was a, that was a tough day for your buddy. I'm like, it's Guy right lives there. in the suburbs, Speaks. You listen to the three of us, we're in the city. We're city guys. Yeah, we're Chicago. Yeah, no, he's, a, he's a suburban guy. I, I know. Probably lives on a golf course. Uh, he probably does. Kid probably has like, his own car. This guy went for a, a, a walk this morning. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like, Danny? North Shore Winnetka frat boy. Oh, Not boy. Winnetka wasn't in a frat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Is that Danny's favorite drop? <laughs> he says the same three. thing after it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got to correct you. Got to be accurate. If you missed that, you want to hear it again, just rewind it on the Audacity app. Perfect. Yeah. Hey Danny, how's the PTA? <laughs> Got a lot. It's a lot of good ideas happening. Mm. Okay. Uh, all right. So this video came out, and I know that people will immediately link it back to what happened to Jerry Krause at the Ring of Honor ceremony, and I don't want to do that. I that I understand, of course, why that upset so many people. It made a woman cry, right? That 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 is you're booing the dead. That is different than this, but I know that people are going to connect it because it is a thing about booing and and or s- sportsmanship and all that. Central Florida beat Texas in basketball last night, and Central Florida big time underdog. Yeah, and they beat the Texas Longhorns, one of the richest athletic departments, you know, in, in all of athletic departments. And the players were excited, and they did the horns down gesture which is, you know, a thing that Oklahoma would do in the Red River rivalry and all that. Like, it's just like the thing that you do to mock Texas, right? Instead of the horns up. Horns up, you do, you do horns down. And their coach, Rodney Terry, Texas's coach, went through the handshake line and was yelling at the Central Florida players, calling them classless. Doing a real Coach K thing, like coaching the other team's players. Mm-hmm. They can't do that. Bats Horseman Classic. And then has time to cool down. And Emmanuel after the- Classy. Yes, it was very Emmanuel Classy. Uh, Rodney Terry reacting after the game, after the cool down period to the media, still this upset about horns down. You know, I'm a big believer in, uh, 
you know, you win the right way, you lose the right way. And, you know, I always tell my guys, you know, um, whether you win or lose, you win the right way. You lose the right way. You carry yourself the right way. You don't go through the handshake line or proud to get into the handshake line and have about six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do that, you know, because when you do those kind of things, it looks very classless, and it also looks like you were just hoping to win. We never go into games trying to hope to win. We go into games expecting to win. So we don't act like that. You know, we expect to win. We don't jump up and down act like we won a national championship. We sure don't step on anyone's home court deal and act crazy and try to show them up in any way. We don't do that. You know, so that's what I was angry about. And I was letting those guys know you don't do that. You know, you guys won. Hey, we shake, you know, shake your hand, tip our hat to you, but we're not going to let you act that way in our building. You're not going to do that. You're not going to put your horns down and do all that nonsense. They're not your uh, shut up. <laughs> like, they're not your players. No, they're not. He's like, we don't do that. No, no. I said, they just did. They did it. I but like are we so soft and like so scared Who's of, we? of a little trash talk? Like, Is, like like the collective of society? Yeah, yeah. Well the, that, yeah. That, that's like, not like, that's yeah. not trash talk. It's it's after the it's game. It's taunting. It's taunting. It, it's it's taunting. Fine. It's taunting, and it's in the handshake line. I have no problem. It was before, no, it was before the handshake line. They 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 did the. They, it was it was the buzzer sounds. Uh-huh. They're jumping around, doing the horns, the horns down, the horns down thing, and then they go through the handshake line. They, and, they do a handshake. Oh, line. I thought they were doing horns down in the handshake line. Not like horns the, down with one hand while they're shaking the hand. That with is the not. Other. That is not how I see it. That would have been okay too. It would. Yes, it would have been. Yes, it would have been. Nah. Uh, yes, it, yes, it would have been. But that is not but, how I see the video. But Either way, here's the thing. He's allowed to have a problem with it, but those are not his players. It it, it feels like when Coach K went into the opposite uh, co- locker room after said, I just want to let you know that you guys played. Shut up. Get out of here. Get out of here. You don't get to talk to the opposing team's players with a sense of authority about what they can and can't do. You can say, I thought that was classless. I told the coach. It's up to him if he wants to tell them or not. Like, we don't do that. They're not your players. And, man, you're Texas. Central Florida just beat you. You don't want them to do horns down. I don't know. Is that the biggest win in Central Florida basketball history? Hmm. I don't Win? Play, play better? I do think there's something to be said for the handshake line. As long as they actually did the handshake line. They, and did, they, they 100% did the handshake line. All right, so next week, can we have a conversation about handshake, sli- handshake lines, by the way? Sure. Can we have that next week? Yeah. I mean, well, it's, we gotta wait. Should we wait for the Stanley Cup Finals? Because <laughs> it's the best tradition in all of sports. That screw, they shake their hands. screw hockey, but uh, also, like Mitch says all the time, we're in the solution business, right? Yeah. Win, and then no one's gonna do horns down. I, yeah, I tend to agree with you, and I just, I, I think that generally speaking, trash talking, taunting, in. Big time sports. I'm not talking about your fourth grader and T ball and you know youth sports, whatever. But Texas basketball is big time sports. Yeah, you you win, you win a game, you get to do what you want in, in in that way. Like I just I just think I and I think it is like good for sports. 
Like I, I actually think it's good for it, for the business of sports, for the entertainment of sports, for the watchability, for the competition, for the rivalry, for the interest. Like I, I actually like think it's good. How'd you feel when, um, when, when Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder refused to? Was it LeBron? Was it refused to shake LeBron's hand? Yeah. After after the finals, how'd you feel about that? I, th- man, they're pros. Like as far as I'm concerned, they yeah. can basically do anything they want. How'd you feel? <laughs> how'd you feel when Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons refused to shake the Bulls' hand after the Bulls got over the hump? Sore losers. Yeah, but yeah. hilarious. They lost. So, but uh, okay, but that's sore ass losers. And then, so then man. you talk to them, and you're like, like you know, like I don't. I am I after they like Jordan rules and like clotheslined Michael Jordan. I have to be like. Oh, they didn't shake hands. That's why they're bad sports. No, they're bad sports because they played dirty. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't changing the reputation of the bad boys Pistons to, that they didn't I shake their you. hands. And in fa- and actually, it went in with what they were. It, it, that that made the rivalry better. It made the victory sweeter. Okay. Oh, those little punks. They didn't even shake their hand and they just walked off the court. As a Good. fan, how about as a participant? Like, no. As a, as a participant, I'll, I'll tell you I, this I much. I obviously have never participated well, in sure, sports uh, at that level. No, but, me, like, me neither. You know what I mean? So like, like, me I, neither. But like the other day when we had that transition that everybody went crazy about, like, oh my God, they're fighting. Everybody's going at each other as soon as that thing ended and Bernsey goes that was great I was like hell yeah man that's that's the way it's supposed to be tussle tussle battle and as soon as you're done hey man good job all right see you tomorrow that that matters to me because I was in the NBA for 14 years and I I don't (laughs) I don't want to shake anyone's hand that beats me It, it, it in media league softball you should not be chastised for not wanting to shake the hand of someone who just beat the crap out of you that's bogus. If I ever have children, I'm not going to teach them a, a, a participation bogus garbage. That's not participation bogus. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it's, it is. It's having respect for the competition oh, and the so, opponent. No, no, no. You're the competition. Screw the competition. I don't care about the team that's beating me. They beat me. I'm, I'm not going to congratulate them for beating me. I like. The, the Bernstein and Lawrence example, like, we're teammates. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, we're not playing against each other. And I agree. I absolutely loved that there was no hard feelings, even though everybody was kind of going at each other over whatever. It's sports opinions. Uh, youth sports, I disagree with Shane. It's nice to have a lesson there. You're not playing for any money. It's it, The whole point is about team building, friendships, the lessons learned through sport, uh-huh. all for the sportsmanship. And if we're talking about Odyssey softball, like some of those people in the media league were bags, were over-competitive, mm-hmm. hyper-competitive, taunting bags, and you said so. Last time I saw that, it was Shane Reardon in a media game. Yeah, Not I, you. I, I might have been one of them, Gio. I just, like, you never know. Depends who you ask. Like, Kelly Stafford is like, oh, my story. God, my kids had to hear their dad get booed. I really, and when, yeah. when we beat Kelly Stafford in the semifinals, by the yeah. way, in the, in I the really, media league. You know, I really enjoyed my Axios newsletter this morning. Just saying. It's just it's it's just crazy. I enjoyed putting my butt cheeks on a copier at a holiday party of the Axios <laughs> newsletter. You can't do horns down anymore. I mean, come on. It's sports. Sports. Taunt them a little bit. It'll be fine. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Been a long four hours. Afternoons on the score. Need to wrap. Need to wrap. Busy day. Busy day. Dave Wanstead was on one. Shane was on one. We talked about a stadium that was passionate. Cliff Kingsbury, he's handsome. <laughs> 
by the way. He's uh, getting a lot of play from the national TV folks. He's as, a polarizing guy. He's a polarizing guy, and his connection to Caleb obviously dovetails with the Bears having number one. I, I if, if there are betting favorites right now, I wouldn't be surprised if it's him for the Bears offensive coordinator job. I still think it was more of a fact-finding thing on Caleb. Um, I would be a little surprised if it ended up being him. That just strikes me as a, a significant challenge to, to Matt Eberflus, and I'm not sure that that's the route. Uh, they're going to go down. I still think multiple of these names are going to end up on the staff in some form or fashion. Craig Olson as quarterback coach for one of the other guys yeah, for like, Kubiak. Uh, quite a few of these guys have worked under McVay. They all seem to know each other yes. under Shane Waldron or someone like that. So I, I that's but Kingsbury is definitely a headline making name. Uh, thank you to Peter King and Dave Wanstead. Jared Payton. And Jared Payton, who were on the show today. Connor O'Donnell and Kevin Lapka, Twitch chat video stream. Thank you, sirs. Shane Reardon, our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill makes us sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins and Spiegel. This is the score. All right, I got to go here, guys. I'm, I, I got something. <laughs>